Welcome into Sports Wrap, another Friday, another edition of Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. 800-859-0957 is the phone number if you want to join in. You can call or text. Let's get the nonsense out of the way first. The Tigers, how fast can we get to the All-Star break? Let's just get there and then let's take a deep breath and reassess what the second half of the season will look like. Everybody thinks you know what, maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe they'll have that chance to make a run in the second half. That dream is long gone, and we need to just understand the season is what it is at this point. If they get through it without any more major injuries, that should be the blessing that you take away from this year, Tigers fans, because it has not gone well. There were glimpses of it going better, but for the people that are sitting there hoping that the all-star break is going to bring some magic. It's not there. It's just not there this year. And that's okay that it's not. I've said this before on the show. Sometimes maybe it's our fault for how invested we got and how much we trusted Alavila at the beginning of the season for the things he was promising us, or at least that he was forecasting would happen. They're going to compete for the AL Central. They're going to they're going to make the playoffs. All those things that we heard that we bought into are now things that are very far in the rearview mirror. And they're not things that you're going to see again. The Tigers have just sent two more pitchers to go see medical specialists for injuries. Alex Fadu and Kyle Funkhauser, both set to see medical specialists for some of their injuries that they've sustained. I mean, it's never, it's just never ending. The hits just keep coming and coming and coming. And so for us to sit back and think, yeah, you know what? We got a chance. No, you don't. It's done. The season is, by all means, at least those goals of playoffs and those goals of competing for the AL Central, it's, it's pretty much not going to happen at this point. They just lost to the Royals before taking an L last night in Cleveland. They're there again tonight. Hopefully a chance to maybe get a win. But they lost to the Royals, who are the last place team. It's not helping them at all. And they're not helping themselves. But they are also just plagued with injury after injury. And they haven't been able to really climb out of that hole of injuries. So, for now, as we see it, can we really expect more from them than what we've been getting so far this season. The phone number's out there, 800-859-0957. Would love to hear any kind of comment you have on the Detroit Tigers. We're going to get into a lot of Red Wings talk. Daniela Bruce, who is a reporter for the Detroit Red Wings, has been busy all season long so far in this offseason period. The draft, there's been exciting stuff happening there. Free agency. Steve Eisenman just jumped out of the gate and went after very, very crucial pieces that I think are going to help put this team in a much better position moving forward. He's going to continually put them in a good position moving forward because Steve Eisenman's doing what Alavila should have done. He's just getting stuff done. And he's just doing it quietly. He's not making a lot of noise about it. He's going out there. He's doing what he has to do. 
and he's not concerning himself with putting a timeline on anything. There is no due date for him on when they expect to have a rebuild done, on when he expects to make the playoffs. He has deflected that as many times as possible. Every time that question comes up, well, how far along are you? Steve Eisenman's answer every single time is just that, well, we're getting there, and we're a better team now, and we're, we're getting ourselves to a place where we can be competitive again. And so that's what we should have seen from this Tigers organization. We should have seen them just put some pieces together, and then we should have let the season play out a little more with a little less expectation. And that probably would have been a situation for us to be in. And it would have at least been a better spot for us to be in. 800-859-0957, the phone number. Let's go to Greg first. Greg, how you doing? Good, my friend. Mr. Positive, hey, that was excellent analysis about that. You're right. Maybe there's something there about Iserman being a former player and his track record is uh, uh, par excellence. Uh, second to none. The man knows what he's doing. And when it comes to the Tigers, um, you know, I never want to put the total onus or burden on Avila. Right. Because the players have to play. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like you said, so uh, erudite and so sagaciously about uh, the injuries. Uh, Meadows just here and there, the pitchers or what have you. It's just, is this 2.0 Detroit Lions over? Are the Tigers going to be in the same vein as yeah. the Detroit Lions? I mean, I don't think I it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that dire for that long. I think the real issue that happened this year was expectation versus reality. And expectation was set very high. And, you know, again, fault somewhat on ourselves as fans here in the city. We are craving a good team again. And we saw good pieces of a puzzle being put together in the Tigers organization. And as they were coming together, we ended up thinking, okay, this could be it. We got a little confirmation from the clubhouse saying, yep, this is going to be it. And then when it turned out to not be it, we all got upset about it. When really we should have seen that from the beginning that maybe this wasn't it. Maybe this wasn't going to be the season. And that's why, you know, like you said, Mr. Positive, with what Steve Eisenman's doing for the Red Wings, he's the one who's making sure that the moves are being done, that the right position players are going in the right places. He has an idea of where he wants them, and he's just doing it. And he's not giving you a timeline because he knows, as a former player, there is no timeline. There is no way of knowing when it can happen. His goal is to just continually get better, get better, get better, get better, and the product will end up putting itself out there. Appreciate you calling in, Greg. As always, love to have you on the show. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Coming up next, Daniela Bruce from the Detroit Red Wings. She's going to break down all the nitty-gritty from the free agency, development camp that's been going on at Little Caesars Arena, and what the future holds for your Detroit Red Wings. It's Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. 760 WJR, it's Sports Wrap. And from the Detroit Red Wings, Daniela Bruce, the reporter for your Detroit Red Wings, is with us today to try and help break down everything 
that my captain, I'm just going to call him that because he's <laughs> my captain from my age, but Steve Eiserman, Daniela, had waited and literally took no time to dive right into the free agency pool as soon as it opened. Kind of give us the the recap and the rundown of everything that he started to do to get this team in a better position. Well, number one, we knew that the Red Wings had some cap space to play with, right? So we mm-hmm. knew there were going to be some deals done at this free agency um, deadline here, So, or should I say the start of free agency this year. So we were kind of anticipating things to happen. I would say that they were more active than I thought they were going to be at this uh, free agency period. And I think they added some great pieces. I think that the team got better on Wednesday. So I'm really excited to see what guys like David Perron can bring to the team. That's a veteran forward on a two-year deal, a very reasonable deal. And he's had success in St. Louis. He can teach some of our young forwards and defensemen too, really just our young core what it's about to win and what it takes to win and he had 13 points in 12 games with st louis in the postseason last year so he wins in big moments he's great on the power play which all red wings fans know the power play has been a struggle the past couple of years yep. so that's going to be great for either their first or second unit wherever he does end up sliding in he's going to help there and then andrew Kopp, the second line center has been a huge question mark for the red wings obviously we're waiting on that extension of dylan larkin's contract which we all expect is going to happen, and then Andrew Kopp will complement that very well, and the top six forwards look like they're going to round out right there with those two additions. So that's going to be something totally different, and Steve Eisenman did confirm that Robbie Fabry's going to miss some of the season with his ACL injury. He's going to be recovering, so he's not going to slot in right away, so that's definitely going to help them have some depth there while they're waiting for him to get healthy and back into action. And then on the blue line, the Ben Sherratt deal is the one that might have had people raising their eyebrows a little bit. It seems like a lot of money for Ben Sherrod, a four-year deal, and I think it was just over $4.5 million a year. Yeah. And um, I don't hate that. I think it's a good deal. You need some grittiness on the blue line, right? Mo Snyder is a physical defenseman, but he's more of a complete defenseman in the sense that he he's a good skater. He brings the puck up nicely. He can distribute it. He runs the power play, and he's got that offensive capability. Ben Sherratt is the opposite. He's a stay-at-home defenseman that's going to make things hard on forwards, and that's what the Red Wings need, right? How many times were there situations in front of the net where you're like, man, where was the, the defenseman on that one? Yep. And they, they need to get better in that area, and I think that's exactly what Ben Sherrod and Olimata is going to bring, too. They stay home, and they're going to complement guys like Mo Sider and Philip Hironik very nicely. So I'm excited for October. I think we're going to get an entirely new dynamic to this Red Wings team, especially under Coach Derek Lalone. It's, it's going to be very, very fun. And then this wasn't free agency, but the addition of Billy Husso with the trade in the draft. Yeah. Steve Eisenman traded that third-round pick to acquire Billy Husso from St. Louis and what a tandem that's going to be between Ned and Huso. It seems like we're going to be able to trust either of them in big moments and the team is now better in front of them. So I expect Ned's numbers to be better too. You would think. And I think a lot of what at least I saw Steve Eisenman doing that I really loved is that five of the six players that he brought in this week have, you know, already playoff experience and recent playoff experience. And it's exciting to see guys that have been there come back to this organization because that's really what the team's been missing. There has been zero, essentially, playoff experience from anybody on the on the roster. And so now, I mean, just at the snap of a finger, you've got people that are veterans and know how to play, like you mentioned earlier, in bigger moments and be in that spotlight. 
Exactly, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I also forgot to mention Dominic Kubelik from Chicago. Steve Eiserman admitted he was surprised that Chicago didn't keep him. So they got him at a very affordable two-year deal. And he has some offensive upside. The past couple of seasons have been a struggle for him. I think he only had 15 goals last year with Chicago. But Chicago was also a struggling team. And Kubelik admitted in his media availability that he could not find a groove and he's hoping that Detroit will be a fresh start for him and he can get back to that 30 goal scorer that we've seen out of him before his rookie season, he scored 30 goals. So it's there. Mm-hmm. We're just hoping that it can come out here in Detroit. But again, that's another depth guy, right? So if yep. Robbie Fabry is not starting the season and now you've got Dominic Kubelik as well, you're, you might have a problem deciding yeah. on who your top six forwards are when Fabry gets back. Yeah, and exactly. And there's a lot of fun storylines that are intertwined through all of these guys, right? I mean, a lot of them playoff experience job about Cop and Larkin, right? Well, mm-hmm. funny Cop was Larkin's captain at Michigan and now Larkin's potentially going to be Cop's captain, obviously once they've confirmed the deal with Larkin, which we all expect will happen, but you know, Larkin and Cop back together again. I mean, there's a lot that he's been doing when he's putting the team together to keep familiarity between players that have played together that can hopefully blend well with the organization quickly. And you know, not only that, how many former St. Louis Blues do we have? On That's our what team I. Now? Yeah, we're, exactly. Yeah, we've got Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundquist, and um, Billy Husso is a former St. Louis Blue, and now Perron too. So. Um, not that he's trying to be the Detroit Blues or anything no. like that, but he obviously likes the fact that they've all played together, right? And there is some familiarity, and they can kind of teach our team or the guys that were here in Detroit originally what it means to win because all of those guys have playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And I guess that kind of goes to my next question. What has been sort of the mood around Little Caesars Arena in within the last week, the last two weeks, you know, really since things started to take off? I mean, you mentioned the hiring of the new head coach, Derek Lalonde. So, I mean, that was sort of the big major moment that kind of kicked off everything. After that, we got into the draft and then free agency, and we'll get into development camp a little bit later. But what has the feeling sort of been just in the air around Little Caesars Arena? Is there an excitement that we as fans should all be getting ready for? Oh, yeah. I think everybody should be really excited about what's going to happen for this team. I think Steve Eisenman made the statement that this team is making the next step in the rebuild. Does that mean they're going to be a playoff team next year? I don't know. They could be. I definitely like the moves. I think the roster is that much better. But it's the next step, and that's what fans have wanted. This team is going to compete. Keep in mind that the Eastern Conference is a tough conference to be Mm -hmm. in, and uh, the Atlantic Division alone is a tough division to be in. Ottawa got so much better at the Uh, free agency too so there's going to be a lot of competition for the Red Wings but I think that's exactly it they're going to compete we're going to see a lot of really close games this team is never going to give up and I think we're going to end up on the winning side of some of those close games now where you look back at what the Red Wings did last season and they would lose a lot of one goal games or two goal games with an empty net or something like that you know they were in games but this year I think they're going to be on the winning side of those and I think everybody feels that Steve Eisenman used the words nervously optimistic about next season. And of course he's not ever going to oversell it either, but I think everybody is really excited about the additions that he made and the young guys coming up, Simon Edmondson. We got our first look at him at development camp yesterday. So that was really exciting. Steve Eisenman said he, that was the first time he met him as well. He was thicker than he expected. So I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it, we're excited about all the young guys coming up and everybody at LCA. The mood was great all week long. Well, and that's what's exciting too, is that to be in the thick of it. And, you know, you mentioned it a little bit, you know, Steve Eiserman giving the very, very, very vague, but if you can read between the lines, you understand what he's saying. And I love that he's doing that because he's just doing basically him and he's just out there making the moves that he thinks are going to happen. And you've seen it where he's very easy to say, look, if you don't produce here, that's okay. We'll, we'll go find people who will. And he's not afraid to, you know, be very specific on this is what I need you to do. And if you don't do it, well, that's okay. You might not be a good fit here, but he's just, he's like a horse with blinders on, I feel like, and he is just doing, you know, looking at the finish line, which is eventually, you know, to playoffs, Stanley Cup championships again, and he's just taking everything in that direction. And as the fan base, us out here watching from afar, we kind of don't really know what's happening, but we feel that it feels different. And I think for the everyday fan, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, this feels good. Like we're in the news again for good things. And I think that's part of what makes everybody a little more excited for what's to come. Exactly. And Steve Eiserman is Steve Eiserman, right? So you yeah. heard the free agents that we signed um, address the media. Every single one of them said when Steve Eiserman calls, you pick up the phone. Right. Yes. So having a general manager like that, that has the respect, not only as one of the greatest NHL players ever, but one of the best GMs around too. They all see what he builds. He, they, they see what happened in Tampa. They're mm-hmm. looking at that and they think he's going to do it again here in Detroit. And they're confident in his capabilities as a general manager. So that's huge. And you mentioned this briefly, just it being if you don't perform well, Steve Eisenman's not scared to make that move, right? Right. I think this creates competition. When we mm-hmm. get to September and we go into training camp, I think it's going to be intense. Obviously, there's a handful of players that we know are going to make the Red Wings roster, right? The core right. of the team that's going to be on there. But there's going to be jobs to fight for for yes. some other guys on, on the, that were on the roster last year with the new guys coming in. So. It's going to be very interesting, and I think that's a healthy competition. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it's going to motivate players a lot more than what we saw in the past couple of seasons. Well, and that is a perfect segue into what development camp sort of will be and actually was, I should say, this week, and eventually those players that we will see sort of move up into the position of competing for that roster, right? Because I think development Mm -hmm. camp is something that goes a little – unnoticed for the common fan who may not, you know, know exactly the ins and outs of what's happening, but essentially give us the little rundown of how development camp went and what it is for our players that are involved in that. Right. So the Red Wings bring in about 30 prospects, give or take a few to train for the week. The Monday through Thursday, or should I say Sunday through Thursday, were all just on ice drills, um, different types of training, how to eat right, that kind of stuff, and how to work out right. And then Thursday, they did the three-on-three tournament where they divided the prospects into four different teams and had a three-on-three tournament in the Belfort Training Center. And what it is for these prospects is not so much an evaluation, which we heard from Dan Cleary, Chris Draper. They, They didn't want this to feel like an evaluation period for the prospects. They do want them to make impressions obviously, but it's more of a learning experience. And this was the first development camp since 2019 due to COVID-19 and it being canceled for the past couple of years. So even the draft picks from 2020, we were seeing for the first time in Mm -hmm. person, Steve Eisenman, Chris Draper, some of those guys had not seen their players since drafting them. So 
it was really exciting to have some of those guys in there. We got to see Simon Edmondson for the first time, who was the 2021 sixth overall pick, and he was excellent. We saw some guys from the 2022 draft in Marco Casper, who really, really was impressive. I know that a lot of fans were questioning his offensive capabilities, but they're there. He scored two goals yeah. in that three-on-three tournament, and they were really pretty goals. He was a playmaker. Seemed like a very smart hockey player, so the future's bright with him. He's only 17 years old right now. He's going to go back to Rogla and play, we assume, yeah. and he'll take on a much bigger role over there next season, so that will be exciting for him. And then I have to say, Amadeus Lombardi, he was a yeah. fourth-round pick in 2022. He had a four-goal game in wow. the three-on-three tournament. I'm sorry, a four-point game, a yeah. hat-trick and an assist. But still, a hat-trick. He was super impressive, such a good kid. He was so excited to be there, so excited to just take it all in. I know his family was a huge fan of the old-day Red Wings, like Chris Draper's Red Wings, Steve Eiserman's Red Wings. So his family was super excited to have the two of them drafting him and he really enjoyed it, and I, I really hope that he has a bright future. He could be one of those late-round gems for us, but it was just great to see everybody back there. We uh, haven't seen a lot of these prospects in a long yeah. time, so it was great to have them all in one place and get to interact with them for a week. And I think you kind of mentioned it as well there, you know, having these prospects come and, you know, be involved and be people that we're already looking to as, all right, we're ready to see you in the future and we're excited for what you're going to do. And, you know, what we really, as, you know, everyday fans have to remember, these players from being on the actual roster could still be, some of them, two to three seasons away. Now, some of the other ones, yeah, we're expecting them maybe a little sooner, maybe after this year we expect to see them, but it's still a situation where all the moves he's made in free agency that Eisenman's done, what he's done with bringing in these recruits from, you know, again, seasons ago, this season, this draft period and getting a look at it, I think is it, I don't, again, I don't want to be overly optimistic and I like Steve Eiserman, you know, let's stay cautiously optimistic in a way, but is the future, let's say five years from now that we are back to the Stanley cup finals. I, I'm like Steve Eiserman in this way. I'm going to hate to put a number on this, yeah. right? but it could be quicker than that, and it right. could take a little longer than that. And um, Andrew Kopp talked about it, too, when he addressed the media, mm-hmm. just being in Winnipeg, how they were considered a rebuilding team, and then all of a sudden they were in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. So you you just really don't know when you're going to make that leap, and I think we're taking steps towards a leap like that. Now, don't get excited to the right. point where I think we're going to make the Eastern Conference yep. Final yep. next year, but... Just know that it's really hard to put a label on something, right? Right. Because we do still consider this team in a rebuild, on the upswing of the rebuild, of course. Yes. Technically in the rebuild. So it could happen at any time. And I think that's why Steve Eisenman doesn't like to put a number on it. Because if it happens next year, everybody's going to be really, really excited. But if it doesn't, everyone's kind of going to be like, okay, well, we still have a couple more years to make this happen, right? And I think the way that it's trending in the in the sense that he hasn't put a number on it and he's just kept doing things to make the team better. And that consistent progress is, I think, all that fans from the outside looking in can say that they want to see is that there is consistent progress because we unfortunately saw it with the Tigers. They kind of put a number on this is the year we're ready to do it and it's kind of fallen flat. So Mm -hmm. seeing it now with the Red Wings and for them being able to look at everything as a fan and say, you know what? We are getting better. Things are moving. And they're also, at least I know, you know, for people my age and who were around when Steve Eisenman was at his prime, there is just a blind faith 
in Steve Eiserman and that we don't know when it'll get there, but we know that it will and we're ready to be along for the ride. Yeah, and I think that's everybody's mindset. He's proven already that he can make things a little bit better. Like I mentioned earlier, he had a lot of cap space to work with this year, and I think this is really the first offseason that he's been able to make all of the moves that he feels like he wants to make. He's kind of been under some restraint the past few years just because Mm -hmm. of money off the board, that kind of stuff. So he kind of had free reign this year for the first time since he's been our general manager, which I think, is great, and now we're starting to see what Steve Eiserman is really going to build. And he still talks about the importance of keeping his draft picks, too, though we know how big he is on building through the draft, and he's also done that right. so far throughout his tenure here in Detroit, drafting guys like Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, and now Simon Edmondson and Marco Casper are in that pool as well. It's just an exciting time to be a Red Wings fan, and again, I appreciate you coming on to lay it all out there for us because – there is a lot happening, and you are able to nicely and concisely give us the main points and that everything we should be worried about. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me on. It's exciting times. Red Wings fans should be excited for Absolutely. That's Daniela Bruce. She is the reporter for the Detroit Red Wings on 760 WJR. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. You can call or text. Detroit Tigers talk is out there. We just had Daniela Bruce from the Detroit Red Wings on talking about everything happening at Little Cedars Arena. If you have thoughts on that, I'm open to hear them. And now what I think could change the fate of your Detroit Lions moving forward, their emergence on hard knocks. We are still just under a month away. August 9th is when that series will premiere on HBO. And it's getting some buzz already from the standpoint that if you want to change the national conversation of your Detroit lions, having a very entertaining and I would say successful showing on hard knocks, it's going to be important because hard knocks is something that has been able to be almost again, it's a PR opportunity for these teams that get on there. And Dan Campbell really started this when he was brought in last season as the head coach, when he's at the press conference talking about biting kneecaps and he's talking about how this team's going to fight and going to be gritty. More people wanted to know about Dan Campbell. Who is he? What's he going to do? How's he going to do things? And granted, the season might not have gone as well as they would have liked record-wise, but now they're in a position that could pose, poise them to be in better shape. Now, the Lions, of our teams here at home, I would say are furthest away from playoffs and any type of postseason success like that. So what do you think? Is hard knocks that big a deal? Is it something that we really need to consider And what are you excited to see from Hard Knocks? Who's your guy that you think is going to stand out and make an impact on that show when it comes out? Which one of our Detroit Lions are we going to look at in a different light and say, yeah, you know what? That guy, that guy is someone we need to keep around on this team. It's all on the table for you. 800-859-0957 is the phone number if you want to join in. It's Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Call or text. I'm here with you till 8 o'clock. 
We've got the Tigers on the table, your Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Lions and Hard Knocks coming up. Obviously going to get the filming going, going to get them primed and ready for an August 9th debut on HBO. Who are you most excited to see? I think everybody unanimously would say Dan Campbell. I think someone that might be underrated if you haven't already followed him on social media is Jamal Williams. Um, Hilarious guy. If you haven't seen any of his stuff, you need to check it out. And we got one more team here in the Motor City that deserves some praise for the things they've done. And it's your Detroit Pistons. And granted, there's nothing that they've done magically on the, on the court yet. They haven't pushed for a playoff run. They're still far away from being in that space. But what's happening, and again, we talk about some of the front office stuff that's been going on in this town. The Red Wings, they figured it out. They got it right. Steve Eisenman's in there. He's taking care of business. Alavia, your Detroit Tigers, maybe a little bit more of a question mark. It's not that the things he's done have been wrong. It's probably the way he's gone about trying to promote the things he's done that have gone wrong. Your Detroit Lions, they've been putting together some solid work in the front office. Sheila Hemp, she seems like somebody who's got things going the right way in the sense of letting the football minds do what football minds do. And then your Detroit Pistons flying under the radar. Probably the most underrated and undercovered team, I should say cared about team, in the city. And they'll get back to being a team that we care about. I'm sure of it. Right now, the Detroit Pistons, something that not a lot of people would probably be talking about, is what they've done with the payroll and the cap space that they've been able to work with. They are essentially in a situation where They could have the most cap space in the NBA coming into the next offseason. And, yes, you need to do things on the court to make that be, again, sort of the yin and yang that would be effective for you. But they are poising themselves to be in a position to be successful. Trey Weaver has transformed the roster Just two years doing it, got rid of a ton of bad contracts that were holding things back for the Pistons. They're not able to make any moves when you're paying guys, you know, either after you've already traded them, if you're having to pay out the rest of contracts. And from a standpoint of your everyday fan sitting back and looking at the Detroit Pistons or looking at NBA teams, you know, let's say you look at Golden State Warriors, you're probably able to pick out who the top three or four highest paid players on that team are. You're able to do that with the Lakers. You're able to do that with the Dallas Mavericks. You look at the Pistons roster. Honestly, if you're not someone that lives in the town and you're not someone who follows basketball, you probably don't know. I bet you couldn't even name two or three Detroit Pistons right now. And the player who's making the most money is a player that is essentially coming off the bench. Forward, center, Kelly Olynyk makes $12.8 million next season with a non-guarantee year after that. $12.8 million. That's it. That's the highest. Okay? But there isn't a single guy out there that we're looking at saying, oh, man, that contract's too much. Or, man, we, are, we overpaid for that one. You're looking at a lot of people on that roster saying, okay, good. We're in a position 
where guys still have to prove themselves. And we talked about that a lot with Daniela Bruce and the Detroit Red Wings. Coming in and fighting to get paid what you think in your mind you deserve to get paid. Cade Cunningham, who we took first overall last season in the draft, he's the third highest player being paid on that team. And yes, at some point, he could be a superstar. But he's not there yet. Right now, he's in a position where he's got to prove himself. And the rest of this roster that they brought in, they're in a position where they, as in everyone else, needs to be ready to prove themselves. Most of these guys are on rookie deals because they either came in on the draft last season or they came in on the draft this season, or they're on short-term contracts that don't go beyond next season. Smaller contracts, more of them. That's the work that Troy Weaver's done to be able to put this Pistons team in a spot where they can start to have some of those young guns shine. Overall, I think the future of Detroit sports in the next five to 10 years is incredibly exciting. Your Red Wings are going to do incredible things. Your Pistons will get back to a place of doing incredible things. And I think your Detroit Tigers will also be in that conversation once they get healthy and once we take a step back after this year to say, okay, that was maybe on us thinking that it was going to be too good to be true. I'll admit it. I got excited about the Tigers. But I think now, taking a step back, realizing what they have, we're a little bit better off now knowing, okay, maybe it's not as soon as we had hoped. And I think when we look at your Detroit Lions, they're just going to be a very fun team to watch. And if they are that team that continues to never give up and they're that team that continues to put in the work day after day, everybody says the big benchmark right now is can they get above six and a half wins this season? I would say yes. Think they can. Is that going to be enough to sway you to be all in on the Lions? even though we just have a blind faith for the Lions in this town that unfortunately sometimes comes back to bite us. For some reason, we keep blindly following that organization. They haven't really done anything to show us that we should, but we still do. And that's the loyalty we have right now to that program. But can the Detroit Lions get over six and a half wins? I think they can, but for everybody to say how close are they to playoff contention, I think we're still looking at a little bit longer time until that happens. The U.S. Open and the Open Championship, two of the biggest golf tournaments of the season. The Open right now happening over in Europe, and If you're a fan of golf, then you know the name Tiger Woods means a lot. And if you're not a fan of golf, you still know the name Tiger Woods, and you know that it means a lot. But is Tiger Woods good for golf? 
Right now, no. He's a name that creates a lot of buzz. It gets a lot of people talking. But when Tiger Woods, after two days at the Open, is plus nine, I don't know that that's entertaining golf. It's almost like it'd be better if he just showed up and was just a figure at the course. If he just pulled the Jack Nicholas and says, I'm just going to be here, I'm just going to be around, and I'm not playing. Because that course at St. Andrews is eating him up. The leader right now is at nine under. So Tiger Woods has a long way to go before even being close. Probably won't make any type of situation in a run to get to first place in that tournament. And he's already been saying in press conferences that he doesn't know how much longer he'll be able to do it. And that's really why he came back to do it one more time. Because this is pretty much his goodbye at St. Andrews. Probably won't get back to the next time it's there, him being able to play. And Sure. Is he one of the great names? Yes. But he was one of the great names. And there are better names now that are at the top of that leaderboard. There's names that are at that leaderboard now that are far more exciting to watch and are way more entertaining for golf in general. Right now, Cameron Smith at minus 13. I mean, that's the leader. Tiger Woods is at plus nine. All right, we're talking about a large, large deficit. And again, does it really matter with him anymore? Shouldn't he just be a face of golf? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? 800-859-0957 is the phone number. You can call or text if you got thoughts on that. Detroit fans, like I've said before at the top of the show, let's just pray for free agency, or excuse me, pray for the all-star break. Free agency for the Red Wings, it's going great. Don't need to worry about that. The all-star break for your Tigers, that should be our take a deep breath and remember that the second half of the season will not change the outcome for your team. Just enjoy the ride the rest of the way. Hopefully the Tigers get it to be entertaining. Hopefully they make it a little fun for you as fans but do not expect greatness from that team. It's just not going to happen. It's not there. It hasn't been there all season, and they're not going to find it by taking five days off. Thanks for hanging out on another Friday edition of Sports Wrap. I'm Matt Lornick on 760 WJR.